are now listening to Late Hit Pro Football Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Late Hit with Matt and Tyler. We are going to discuss a few key topics from around the league, from signings and stuff like that, get into some Lamar Jackson news later on. And then towards the end of the show, we'll do our State of the Franchises segment like we have been doing for you guys. Um, first topic we want to get into, the Baltimore Ravens have agreed to terms with former Eagles, Raiders, and Patriots wide receiver Nelson Aguilar on a one-year deal worth $3.25 million. Uh, I mean, this this is a name you haven't really heard a lot about in recent years, uh, more popular when he was with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more popular for dropping the ball. Uh I I mean I would I don't know why you didn't sign him for the I mean, minimum. That's... I don't know why you I mean what is uh what, what is veteran I minimum? think it's a million you know, like... something but but I mean that's still three and a yeah. quarter is still pretty good for a veteran wide receiver. Yeah. yeah it's still peanuts, but he's yeah. not like really said, adding much to your We haven't really heard too but... much from know, him we'll since see. he was in Philly and I feel like the Eagles always get that one wide receiver in the draft that they feel is going to be their savior. And then he turns out not to be the guy they thought he was going to be, and then they end up getting rid of him. <laughs> uh, there's Rager. Who's the other one? Rager. Jeremy Macklin, a while back. And, yeah, yeah. They, they go through receiver. Macklin, crazy. yeah. But, yeah, Nelson Aguilar was supposed to be that guy for they them when they drafted him. And then uh, he ended up getting passed around the league for a little bit before now signing with the Ravens, so. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's right. <laughs> all depends who that quarterback's going to be there next year in Baltimore. So we'll see. We'll keep you guys posted on yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles are giving um, right tackle Lane Johnson a one-year extension worth $33.445 million. It's including $30 million of that guaranteed, and he's now under contract through 2026. Um, he ha- hasn't surrendered a sack in the past two seasons. Uh, I think this is a good move for them. I mean, that's a lot of money for an offensive tackle, especially the right tackle, but I think he's well worth it. Yeah, definitely a lot of money, but like you said, uh, I think he's the only one that didn't surrender a tackle for the last two years. So that's pretty incredible stat. Um, I mean, he probably did have about maybe a 1,000 yeah. false starts that weren't <laughs> called last if season, that. but, you know. If not uh, more, we'll, we'll see where they <laughs> we'll see where they go. Yeah, that's the only thing that bothers me about him. Like, I don't understand why he's the only either. one in the league that doesn't get called too, for that. But, I mean, it's so obvious. I don't understand where we're at here with that. But <clears throat> uh, besides, no, he's a really good right tackle. Uh, might be the best in the league currently. So, Eagles got themselves. Locked in with him for another year on that one till 2026, like you said. So, and I think they the the biggest part of that was yeah. they moved 30 million to guarantee. Yeah, so right? m- most of it, all but yeah, three so. and a half millions guaranteed. So, I mean, it's pretty much a fully guaranteed extension. Uh, but yeah, he's he's well worth it. He was a big key yeah. factor that offensive line, um, and that he didn't like I said he didn't give up a sack in the last two years, and that was even including this past postseason where he had that, that injury that he was playing with. So it's pretty impressive, you know, like we said before. Yeah. Uh, it was a like lot of these defensive ends in the league now are so quick and skilled and getting to the edge. Uh, so for a guy to not be able to give up a sack against, you know, 
especially him playing against teams like the Cowboys and stuff in that division where they have pretty good edge rushers uh, to not be able to give him a sack is, is pretty good statistic to have. Right. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they're so strong, like everywhere on the line, but as far as like right tackle goes, if I'm the defensive yeah. end, I'm just not going to line up across from him. I'm just going to keep attacking the other side. And, you know, I mean, that's where – and then the center, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll interior, I'll attack interior and uh, left side, but I'm not going to really push on him too much. I mean, they do, but, um, like, it's just one of those things that's, you know, right. why not take the little bit easier around. No. Not like it's much and, easier. Uh, on that side, you know, I but, feel like Lane Johnson's the better of the two tackles on that team. I mean, he's uh, – He's oh, been yeah, there for yeah. a while, yeah. and like I said, we we've seen him not give up a sack, and he's pretty good run blocker and stuff like that. So I mean, he's uh, probably <clears throat> one of the best tackles, offensive tackles in the league. So, and the Eagles are right to to slap that extension on him, and yeah. uh, you know he'll probably if he decides to continue playing after twenty twenty six, he'll probably get another extension. Yeah, I'm shocked uh, we didn't hear Jalen news. We, I don't know that we will this off season. I mean, I think it's still early yet. Yeah, they made it sound like it was the next thing coming. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think other um, movement, but we're I think not they are going to make yet, a but... priority out of it here within the near future because uh, they don't really have you know anybody else that I can think of like coming into next offseason that they're going to really have to give money to. So I think Jalen's going to be a priority for that so that they get him signed. But, yeah, I mean, they yeah. pretty much got everybody signed that they wanted to get signed. You know, Kelsey's coming back. Now we have the Johnson news. Um, they re-signed Slay. So, I mean, I think pretty much what we're going to see from them as far as moves goes is going to be only in the draft coming up next month. All right, so the Seahawks have agreed to terms with linebacker Bobby Wagner on a one-year, $7 million deal, bringing him back to Seattle after spending last season with the Rams. Uh, this is a pretty good uh, deal for the Seahawks. I think they got him for pretty cheap, $7 million, for probably one of the best free agent linebackers in this year's class. Yeah, because of the going rate. Yeah. What did LVE just get, like eight-something? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I would take him over LVE, obviously. Um, yeah, they got a steal, and it just sucks it wasn't my team. I really thought they were yeah. had a lot of interest in him. They love their linebackers, uh, so uh, it's just such a good steal for Seahawks, like you said. Um, it was a shocker to me. I know mean, there was a lot of rumors going around that he could go back to Seahawks. I just thought that relationship was sour, but yeah. I guess I mean, time when you have. Off. Uh, your team, you're coming off of a Rams team that what won five or six games this past year, uh, going to a Seahawks team that just made the playoffs. Uh, you know, you're, you spent your entire career there with the exception of last year. So you know that city, you know the area, you know the fans, you know that they've got a really good fan base. So I don't know. I think it was an easy decision for him. You know, we've heard speculation of the Seahawks wanting to sign him back. Uh, so, I mean, it's not really a big surprise to me that he went there. I don't really know. I haven't really heard of any other teams besides the Seahawks that were actually really pursuing him this past offseason. So 
I mean, like I said, he's he's glad to be back in Seattle. He called that home for quite some time. So, and they got a, a steal. Okay. Yep. So the Falcons intend to sign defensive end Calais Campbell to a one-year contract. So he's going to be 37 this season. Um, you know, obviously getting older, linemen, you know, late 30s is pretty old, pushing it to be playing in the NFL still. So they gave him a one-year show-me contract to see what he can do, and, and maybe they'll give him an extension after this offseason. But I think this will probably be it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably his last run. And then uh, we'll see where he goes from there. But I was surprised he even uh, yeah, stuck I mean, it's, around. It's... <laughs> yeah, because... Well, Didn't we just it, talk about him last week? Well, about him contemplating yeah, the, the Ravens being had done. just released him a week or two ago. So, yeah, we recently discussed him. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, I'm sure it's tough for him having to go to another city and start all over again after being in the league for 15, 16 years. Yeah. So, I couldn't remember yeah. if I had deja vu. The, there or was we were just... rumors. I, I know he went and had a visit with the Jaguars, so there was rumors of him potentially going back there. So, I mean, I would have been excited to have him. Back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if his play declines because he's 37, he's still, you know, a veteran on that line and still has that veteran's mindset, you know, and that's good to have, especially in, in meetings and meeting rooms and stuff like that. So, but, you know, he's going to Atlanta now, which I think would be a good fit for him. Um, I mean, I think he'd be a good fit anywhere, but, you know, uh, we'll see what he can do. All right. Mm-hmm. So former Buccaneers wide receiver Scotty Miller reached an agreement on a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons also. Um, he's going into a, a pretty shitty situation there, I would say. I mean, they're not really – they don't really have a good quarterback situation. I know they just signed Taylor Heineke, um, and they got Desmond Ritter as their backup there. Um, but they don't really have anyone else in their wide receiver room that's really worth mentioning. So, I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure <laughs> – there were plenty of uh, wide receivers out there in the free agent market that were worth signing. You know, they I thought for sure that they would make a move on Adam Thielen, but then they ended up just signing Scotty Miller. I mean, Scotty Miller's not bad, but there are definitely better options out there. And what has he done? His best year was yeah. 2020 I mean, at 500 yards. Brady and then went to the Super Bowl. So. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were a pretty stacked team too, though. Gronk Mike was there. and Chris Godwin and uh, who Gronk was there that year, yeah. And even when Gronk Cameron was there, Bray. they had who yeah, uh, Cameron Bray, yeah. Bray, uh was Brat, Brate, Brate, yeah. yeah, he's he's a pretty big tight end. So I mean, you were pretty stacked, anyways. But I yeah. just like I said, the, a random sign. They're they definitely better options just out so there. Random. Maybe they're going to make a splash in uh, the <laughs> draft and get a receiver or two. But like. They don't really have, right. other than Cordero Patterson, who's kind of more running back now, I would say, than wide receiver. But, I mean, he's – Scotty Miller, he had that good year when they went to the Super Bowl, like I said, 500-some yards. But, I mean, he's not really a guy that stands out to me that I would think you would have to sign. I mean, he's a good slot receiver right. somewhere. But, you know, who knows where they're going to utilize him in this Atlanta Falcons offense. 
All right, so the Lions have agreed to terms with wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. on a one-year deal worth $3 million, uh, but with incentives, it could be worth up to $5 million. He's headed back to Detroit after spending the last two seasons with the Jaguars. Uh, and I know we talked about the Lions. They've been constantly making moves this offseason. I think he's a great addition to this Lions offense and this receiver receiving core. Uh, I mean, he had a little over 1,300 receiving yards his last two seasons in Jacksonville, so... I mean, he was on a, a roster with, you know, a bunch of other guys, too. Uh, you know, and tight end Evan Ingram was there. So, I mean, he didn't really expect him to throw up, you know, huge numbers, but he was still helpful to this team last year in that playoff push. So I think he's going to be a great addition to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, he was good when uh, when Matt Stafford was there. Um, yeah. He was the number one guy, but, you know, he's pretty good, especially in the red zone. Um, he – you know, he, he averaged like, let's see, from 2017 to 2020, he averaged like nine touchdowns a year. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jacksonville, he didn't do too bad. His first year there, he did better in 2021, but um, they got a little bit more help on yeah. the, the second season. So, yeah, I think it's a good move, especially for the Lions. We both root for the Lions. So anytime they go along with uh, – something like that. I mean, he's a little bit older, older of a guy now, but he's still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think they got him, they got him for $3 million. So they got him for real cheap too. So, I mean, anytime a player like that is out there and you can get him for that kind of money, you know, you're just going to pounce on the opportunity. So, you know, I think he's really going to help out this offense. And I think Jared Goff is going to have fun with him and he's going to be a big target for him coming up this year. Yeah. All right, so I read a report today. Justin Herbert and the Chargers have started in contract talks, um, and early reports are expecting him to be making over $50 million a year on this contract extension when it actually happens. So do you think he's – I mean, we've seen good and bad from Justin Herbert. I mean, he's had some moments where he's really shined, and then he's had some moments where he just looked not great – but um, is he going to be worth that upper echelon of like the $50 million a year type guy? I mean, nobody's worth that because that's more <laughs> than what Patrick Mahomes averages per year. And nobody's worth more than what Patrick Holmes makes. Um, but um, if you're talking top quarterbacks in the league, probably top three in the league, that's him. Um, he's perfect. Like all around mechanic. Like if you're training somebody to learn quarterback, if there's one person in the league that you're going to have them watch and study, it's going to be him. I mean, he's just like, it's just like a work of art to watch him. It's just like the perfect mechanics all the way from start to finish on a throw. Um, but as far as in the NFL, you know, he hasn't proved himself, I don't believe. But we know the potential is there. We know um, like when he's he's on, he's on. He's on a pretty good team, and now with the addition of Kellen Moore, he's going to even be, you know, much better. I think it's going to fit. Them two are going to fit together pretty well, in my opinion. That's what Kellen Moore has needed. That's what he tried to look at Dak as, you know, pure pocket passer, and that's what Justin Herbert is. He's like a six foot six, um, incredible arm. He can he can make any throw you want to make. Um, yeah. So I mean, if there's one guy I'd want to lock it in. If I was a Chargers fan, it would be Justin Herbert. So, I mean, if the market says it's fifty million, 
you know, at this point we used to argue all this crap, but at this point it's like, it is what it is. <laughs> if yeah. the market's there, it is, it's there. You know what I mean? My opinion's changed about this whole market bullshit, but it's just the way the NFL's going. Yeah. I mean, the whole Patrick Mahomes deal, like that was a, a couple years ago and that was, you know, high for, deal, yeah. yeah, that was high, you know, average per year at that time. So I think, you know, in the next three to five years, I think the average is for a quarterback, it, the better quarterbacks is going to be like 55, close to $60 million a year. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, we're just going to keep seeing it go up and up and up. Um, I think but, you're going to do – not to get off topic, but I will think you will see Mahomes get a contract restructure within the next few years. But yeah, just to keep yeah, him happy. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, Justin Herbert is obviously, you know, top five, top 10 quarterback in this league. So you're not going to let him go because of money, because even if you bring someone else in, you're eventually going to have to pay them. So, I mean, even like you said, he hasn't really done too much to really prove himself yet. I mean, they, this past year was the first year that they've been to the playoffs with him and, you know, and they had that, you know, were bad loss against the Jaguars where they just fell apart in the second half. So, I mean, like you said, he's going to have to prove himself. And But I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You know, we've seen brilliance from him. We've seen him make some good passes. We've seen him make some good decisions. Um, and unfortunately, I think just because of the way the market's going, you know, that's going to be the going rate for a quarterback. And, you know, they've got to sign him because there's not too many better options out there. So, but I think I think it's going to be a good move for them. Yeah, he had that serious uh, rib cartilage injury um, where he tore that. It's kind of a disgusting image yeah. in your mind. Yeah, like tearing your rib cartilage. I think yeah. I'd rather just break the bone. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he had that like what was it like three quarters of the way through the season or something like that. Yeah, and uh, it just seemed to kind of go south from there. So I won't like fully blame him for the whole playoff thing i mean he fought through that pretty well but um yeah i just think we need to see a little bit more out of him and i think that's that's going to come in due time with uh Callen and him learning you know learning this new offense and stuff i don't know if it'll exactly be this year but um probably by 25 2025 we'll see a, a different chargers team but I don't know how, yeah. how you can get too much better than what Herberts has shown us. You know what I mean? You just need to. And that's the that's the thing with the Chargers though too, because they had so much talent even yeah, on both have. sides on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and you know they barely made the playoffs this year. They were ten mm-hmm. and seven, and then you know, like I said, we they fell apart in that wild card game against the Jaguars. So, I mean, at a certain point. You don't want to say it's all in the quarterback, but you look at a team like the Chiefs where Patrick Mahomes can be that guy to throw the, the team on his back no matter who's around him. Um, it's just can't Herbert. compare him to him, though. I'm not I, – I mean, who else can I compare him to, though? Josh like, Allen. If you put uh, – I'm not – I love Justin Herbert. I think he's a great quarterback, but I'm just saying when you put that much talent around a guy and you, I know. Know, you just see mediocrity at, at, at best – I mean, you gotta. I think you've seen mediocrity, mediocrity at the at the worst times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he stood out drastically when he didn't really need to, and then like in the playoff situation against Jag uh, Jaguars when uh Herb um, not Herbert um, 
Trevor Lawrence threw like 45 picks. You would think he would, you know, finish out that game pretty strong, but kind of seemed to switch hands and Trevor Lawrence looked like the much, much better quarterback, which I'm not sure yet that he is. But yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's just it's, looks, yeah, it's too it's too early to tell. Yeah, um, that's why we've seen a few years from Justin Herbert, so we kind of know what we're getting with him. And like I said, he's, I mean, not that he's not worth the money, but I don't know that I would necessarily sign him to a contract extension yet. I would probably give him this year. You know, you I mean, know what are you going to do? Go away from him? I mean, what if they sign him fifty over fifty million dollars a year, and he just shits the bed in twenty twenty three and. You know I, what think, I, mean? I think it's a risk you take with a quarterback that, that's, mean, yeah, that's that talented. You're, you're probably going to have to take that risk. Yeah. But uh, it's a large amount it's of not money like paid risk. It's not like you're taking that risk on somebody that's that's shit to bed drastically or was like a, like a uh, Mr. Irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like Brock yeah. Purdy. You know what I mean? You know, he had that one year. He had this one year and then you're like signing to a 50 million. It's not like that. It's you sign him, and you can expect up and ups and downs from these quarterbacks. Everyone's like, "Oh, once they get paid, they they immediately shit the bed." That's not always the case. I mean, obviously, look, it at, is a lot of times. It, it seems that way, yeah. but they get those big contracts on their best seasons usually because yeah. the teams very quick to lock it in. So, you know, because they know the next year and the market ra- rises drastically year in and year out. So it's like, why not sign up? That's why it seems that way. But um, it's not always the case. And I don't think it would be the case with Justin Herbert. And like I said, I just think him and um, Kellen Moore are just going to, it's just going to be like a totally different offense. And it's going to be, a you know, probably a 12 win team easily. That's what that would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, and they are in a division too, though, with like uh, the chiefs and, um, the Raiders, I think, improved this offseason too. So, I mean, I don't see got, the Raiders doing much this year, though. I, I mean, I don't necessarily see them. They're not going to win the division or anything, but I'm just saying yeah. the AFC West is, is competitive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, if you pay a guy $50 million a year plus, you know, I would expect him, like you said, to at least win 11, 12 games. Um, and at least but get you're, a, you're right there. That's that was the biggest thing you just said. He's in the same division as Mahomes, so you're kind of just kind of uh, you know walk around in Mahomes' shadow and uh, okay, you, you yeah, have to this, play the man twice a year, and it's just it's just a shitty situation for Herbert. I mean, yeah, but uh, so the their last regular season game of this year, they played the Broncos, and they had all their starters in and lost. To the Broncos, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, just... at a certain point, you know, yeah, they're in the AFC West with the Chiefs, but they only play the Chiefs twice a year. So, yeah, what about the other cause... fifteen games? Because <laughs> they have like Eckler and yeah, well, they have I... uh, Joey, uh, Joey on uh, on defense, yeah. and it, it's just Joey so Bush. like they, electrifying. Yeah, they had Khalil Mack this past year. You know, Derwin James. You know, and they had, you know, receivers. You're right, you're right. Mike Williams. And, <laughs> I guess I never thought about that much. They are yeah. a, a shitty team for how much uh, roster That's what I said. talent they have. They, yeah. they put so much talent on that roster this year and won 10 games and lost in the playoffs. Maybe I need to be a little bit more harsh on Herbert. He's just yeah. one of those guys I got a soft spot for, and I didn't like him going into the draft. And he really, after his, his rookie year, he really, like, uh, 
made me do a 180 on him. And ever since that, I've kind of had like a little bit of a soft spot. Like, man, he's, it's so, it's so fun to watch him though. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of the exact opposite because I was, big I, on, I was big on Justin Herbert because I'm an Oregon fan coming out of Oregon. And now I, like I don't, more than you do. Yeah, I don't want to say that I don't like him because I, I do, but I'm just, I'm a little harsh on him because, you know, yeah. he was so highly recruited coming out of Oregon into the draft and stuff like that. So I know what he can do. He just needs to do it. <laughs> And now Maybe I just didn't watch him as much as you did Oregon, but I just didn't expect what I've seen out of him. I mean, it's yeah. just like it's crazy just to watch him play. You know what I mean? I think his problem right now, though, is, and me and you both don't agree with the way the NFL is going, but it's more of a you have to have a little bit of a scramble in you. You know what I mean? You have to have legs, and yeah. it's just not that guy. And I think yeah. that's one of brady's downfalls right now in his career that they kind of made him <laughs> push towards retirement it's like this is going to an athletic um aged quarterback where you yeah, have when, to have some legs on you but really this last season was brady's worst year obviously so but he's never had legs his entire career so the first 22 years of his his career he yeah but well. this is one of the most this is probably this season's the last two seasons I've seen more quarterbacks use their legs first than I've ever seen. I, I think it's more of, or am uh, I just being a uh, living? No, I, you're you're right. I mean, we've we see a lot more, like you said, the running quarterbacks. You know, Patrick Mahomes does it. You know, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, even Dak does it. You know, he runs, scrambles from time to time. But I think if you have a quarterback if it wasn't for his leg, he probably would more. Yeah. Right. I think for a quarterback like Tom Brady, where he's so good at being a pocket presence and being a quarterback first, he doesn't need to run the ball because, I mean, he's average on average. He gets the ball out of his hands, you know, 2.3 seconds after the snap. So when you got right. a guy that, that's, that's quick fire like that, you know, you don't really necessarily have to be a scrambling quarterback if you're getting rid of the ball that fast and you're successful at it. I kind of disagree with you there. Because, in a way, uh, you have to have that other dimension for the. Look at the athleticism on defenses nowadays. It's more than ever. I mean, you got guys coming on interior. You got guys coming from the edge rushing at you. You got guys all over the place coming at you. Defenses now just seem so harsh compared to what they were the last ten I years. Mean, I, I, uh, I, and, and I think as soon as you face a quarterback that you know they're just going to stand in the pocket, it's just – it's not – I wouldn't say it's easy. It's just – it's it's so predictable now. You know what I mean? When you have like a uh, – I don't, I don't want you to think like, uh, yeah, I love the way Jalen Hurts or Lamar or any of those guys play or Justin Fields or anybody because um, I don't. But I'm more of a – and this doesn't – this isn't being biased. I'm more of a uh, – Aaron Rodgers or Dak Prescott or your pocket passer, but you still have the ability to scramble. You know what I mean? And people don't think that about Aaron Rodgers, but you know, if you watch his games, he can, he's a hell of a scrambler. I mean, uh, not, not so much anymore, but I think no, early, yeah, yeah. earlier on in his career, he was pretty, yeah, he was pretty, pretty good. good at yeah. Uh, but I like that style where, you know what I mean? That's your option. Um, it's not just a design play after design play. Um, and I think that's where we're going to as the as an NFL. It's just it's every quarterback that's come up is is just 
it's like watching high school. I don't know. I just I don't like the direction that we're going, and I hope it yeah comes I to mean, a fucking screaming halt. This not to get too off topic here, but this draft class coming into it, you know, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're a lot of scramble. You know, first quarterbacks. And especially like the guys that we've seen get drafted the last few years, like you said, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, you know, all those guys, uh, Lamar Jackson, even you could throw in there, but all those guys, I think, are more of a scramble first mentality, especially, you know, Jalen Hurts and, and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, and I don't like it either because I, you know, you and I both love our pocket passers, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, what do you think about Josh Allen's play style? What would you consider him? Because he's like a real different hybrid. Because he's such like a bully. Yeah, I mean, I love Josh Allen, um, but I think he's more. I think he's definitely more of a passer. But you know, he he remind he reminds me of Aaron Rodgers, right. early Aaron Rodgers, because right. you know he can throw the ball, but you know he's also got to scramble if i mean he, he can scramble if he has to you know get the first down because we've seen it several times from him so i mean it's like a big ben mixed with aaron Rodgers, <laughs> right yeah. yeah he's a big big guy but he can get the yards with his legs if he has to so i mean I, yeah i do love josh allen's play style and i think you know he's got the kind of the best of both worlds there but i think we're gonna yeah, see I agree. him i mean we've seen it this this offseason we've seen him decline and yeah uh, and you know Hopefully it doesn't stay that way. Hopefully he continues to you know progress and get better. I would love to see him and the Bills win a Super Bowl at some point in his career, but you know he's definitely got some weak spots and and teams figured him out. Yeah, yeah, I think he kind of uh, his downfall seemed like he can't handle pressure well. Right. I don't know because you know the only one that really stands out is like that he did handle it well was Patrick Mahomes versus you know at. Arrowhead in the playoffs was that two years ago. Yeah, uh, when they went down to overtime and yeah. it just came down to Patrick Mahomes having the ball last. Yeah, and that was that game. That's why I like like my heart bleeds out for Josh Allen because he played. But that's his only real game that he had that he didn't break under pressure. Well, yeah, but he played a hell of a game that game. Oh, he did. Yeah. And no one expected the Chiefs, you know, with like 13 seconds left to, <laughs> you know, tie it up and take it to overtime. So, I mean, but, you know. He went toe for toe with him. I will give him that. But that's yeah. the only real time that he kind of stood out to me as, okay, he actually handled pressure well. Yeah. Yeah. And because I like him so much, I'm going to make excuses for Josh Allen. You know, he did have that injury this past year. And I'm sure that played a part in, you know, his. I don't want to say poor play in the playoffs, but right. you know he definitely didn't look like the Josh Allen we saw at the beginning of the year. So I mean, yeah, I, I like Josh Allen. I think his play style is well, but I think you're I think you're right. We're going away from the pocket style passers now, and and this younger generation that that's coming in is more of a run first. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't like it. Do we just stop watching the NFL or? <laughs> No, I'm never going to stop watching football. <laughs> I mean, they could they could feed babies to lions at halftime, and I would still probably watch the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, you know a lot of people. It's been big parts of their life for you know their entire lives. So I mean, the NFL is always going to be popular, and I mean, like we discussed too, like the, all the rule changes and stuff like that, and you know we make the joke that 
it's eventually going to just be all flag football. But I mean, I think people would still watch it even if it was. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I'm, we're starting to get away from the pocket passers, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is still the only one. He's the only one left over from, I would say that, that group of quarterbacks from our childhood. So, I mean, once, once we see him go, I think, it's going to be the end of the the pocket passer there. We're going to see a, the dual threat quarterbacks more. Yeah, and I think yeah, I'm trying to think. Carr, he's kind of a scrambler. Yeah, but he's not like uh, obviously like the other ones. Um, yeah, I think you're. What about Zach Wilson? I know he's like right now. There's nothing confirmed about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but it's is he it? He's he's, he's got legs, or he's got he's legs, or it's just it's just he he seems like more of a pocket passer. I mean, he <laughs> Zach Wilson is just I mean he's awful at this one. <laughs> Run, running the ball, passing the ball, whatever you're, you know, he's not very good at either one of them. So yeah, I what mean, if they do all this and they just just <laughs> they, they just waste oh, the whole God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean. What we have this topic to discuss, I uh, put in here, but the the Jets GM uh, Joe Douglas says that there's no rush on Aaron Rodgers trade. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so he's and, just going with he, the topics yeah, of the news. But he also said that Lamar Jackson is not an option for them if if the Rodgers trade wouldn't happen to you know happen. But I mean, I don't know Zach Wilson. I don't like him at all. I didn't think he was that great coming out of BYU a few years ago. I mean, yeah. I think that the Jets wasted a first-round pick on him. Um, and we've seen just quarterbacks from small schools like that, like you see your Carson Wentz, um, and I'm going to label Trey Lance as a guy like that too. I mean, you know, when you get a quarterback, you know, it's probably the most like the hardest position to play in the NFL. So when you come out of a small school like those guys have, and you haven't yeah. really played too many tough opponents – the transition from college to NFL is hard enough, but you know, not being at a big school is making it harder for these guys. And I think we're going to see a lot of guys coming out of the small schools not have success in this league. Yeah, uh, no, I hundred percent agree with you there. And that goes for you. Just, I think you kind of notice it more in quarterbacks, but that could go for a lot of different positions, not just quarterbacks. It's just yeah. more. Uh, it's just easier to notice in quarterbacks. Um, no, but you're 100% right. That's why all the big schools get all the top prospects and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, you like, the top, like the first round draft is always, it's usually always just big schools and stuff. Yeah. Um, first few rounds. Yeah. Like you said, Zach Wilson, I mean, he's, I would say he's probably more of a scrambler per se. Uh, but, you know, like I said, he's not really good at either one of them. So, but, yeah, hopefully the deal with Rodgers gets done because I, I don't want to watch Zach Wilson play again. He's yeah, just, I mean, he's not done playing. It's not just one year and that's it. Yeah, I know, but just, I think I think that they might. So the thing is, though, if they sign, if they get Aaron Rodgers, he's probably going to be there for, I would say, at least a year or two. I would so, say a year, yeah. Yeah, so and then by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves is going to be when they're going to have to make the decision on whether or not to probably to pick up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option or sign him to a contract. Like what do you do in that situation because you you know what you you've seen well, what he can do. No, he only played last... one year, so he was a rookie no, this, last year. No, no, no. That was that was the second year. Is it? 
Yeah, we're coming in. Oh, he was trigger. hurt. He was hurt a lot. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But so yeah. by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves out of there, they're either it's going to be them picking up his fifth year option or them having to sign him to another contract. So yeah, so this will be his third year, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers played this year. Yeah, you you see, yeah. So I guess right in, in that scenario, you already know if you sign Aaron Rodgers to a two year deal, it's still a one year deal because in the off season next year, it's going to be you know the same shit you're dealing with now with uh, Packers and stuff. It's every year with Rodgers is a new is a new contract year. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking annoying to deal with. I could not imagine, but uh, <clears throat> no, I would go for a one-year deal. Let hit, uh, let uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, he pretty much idolizes hit Aaron Rodgers, anyways. Sit behind him, learn the game, and uh, <clears throat> be his mentor, and see what you got next season. And that's your fourth year, right there. So that would determine your fifth year. Yeah, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year if he goes to the Jets. That's my opinion. I don't know. I think I think he would. I want to say if if he goes to the Jets, which is probably going to happen, I'd say he's going to be there for two years and then retire. Could be I'll, right. I don't know that he's going to you know go to a new team and all that just for one year. Is and he going to sign a one day contract with Packers to retire with Packer? Yeah, I think it's this. This is going to be the whole Brett Favre situation <laughs> over again. Jesus, because Brett Favre went to the Jets and then he went to the Vikings, but then he uh, retired and the Packers retired his jersey number. And all yeah. that too. So, even though it seems like there's bad blood now, I think yeah. once Aaron Rodgers hits retirement, you know they'll probably let bygones be bygones, and they'll retire number twelve in Green Bay, and probably put him in their their Ring of Honor or whatever they have out there at Lambeau Field. Another Hall of Famer for their their yeah. team. Yeah, two Hall. They've had what the last 30, 32 years. They've had. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only two Super Bowls to show for it. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, it would be crazy to be a Packers fan at that time because all they've ever got to watch is Hall of Famers, and <laughs> now they're shit out of luck. Yeah, because he's obviously not going back there. So you're going to watch this kid. How how many years he's been in now? Behind this will be his third year. Uh, Jordan Love, yeah. Jordan Love, coming, yeah. Year three, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Jordan Love, who Andy <laughs> Reid doesn't even know. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was good. Uh, yeah. They asked him about Jordan Love, and he said, I'm not sure who that is or whatever he said. <laughs> How do you not know? But, uh... Uh, well, when you're Andy Reid, I mean, you don't really have to know, I guess. Yeah, when, I guess. Unless you're playing the guy. That's going to be an interesting one to watch, that team. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about Jordan Love because, like I said, I don't think he was worth the first round pick that they wasted on him. So we'll see what happens, but I'm not expecting much from Jordan Love and the Packers. <laughs> All right, so the Cowboys have re-signed interior defensive lineman Jonathan Hankins to a one year, one and a half million dollar deal. Do you think this guy's going to you know live up to the hype here on this one year contract and get an extension? Uh, it'll be at least a one, you know, just this season. Um, he definitely made an improvement. I think they signed him. Was it mid? Was it, it was right before deadline? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely made a huge improvement on the interior of that line. So, I think it'll be exciting to have him back again. They definitely need help on their run defense. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, he's pretty good at a, as a run stopper, but 
you need beef in that in that center of the pack and you know i love my beef in the middle and that's what yeah. they need they need uh some smelly guys up front oh yeah i'm, I'm all in favor of a fucking 350 pound guy that takes up two blocks hell yeah, yeah. If, if flies aren't swarming around their head i don't want them <laughs> I want if, them if you big see, boys in the middle. If you see a lineman sitting on the sideline in winter and his head's not steaming, <laughs> he's not working. He's not, he's he's not, not the earning guy. a paycheck. Yeah. He's not the guy. He's yeah. not that guy, yeah. I love those big guys, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that's, funny. that's like one of the funniest things about watching a, an NFL game during like <laughs> yeah. December and January, seeing all those fat guys on the sidelines just steaming. Yeah, I mean, you can make fun of them all you want, but they're probably still in better shape than both of us oh, put yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> so. A 350-pound NFL lineman is probably like your health of your average man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then when they retire, they just become like a normal-looking dude. Yeah, they just get all the weight. Yeah, they just got everyone. Just, every one of them, every lineman just loses like 200 pounds after they retire. How much? How many calories a day do you think those guys have to maintain? Uh, they're, I mean, those guys are at least probably ten thousand. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in, the rock. I mean, the rock does like I think close to ten thousand. So those guys have to be doing like that, and they're probably working out just as much. Yeah, plus they're getting free food provided by the team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, damn, so, I mean, you get that big of a salary. I didn't even think of that. And then you get that gourmet food for free. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's worth. And like you said, they're probably consuming thousands and thousands of calories a day, you know, and then just going to the weight room and squatting 700 pounds. And Yeah, I guess they're not doing any cardio or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they do a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure their their core needs to be pretty strong. You yeah, know, with those, pushing those, up on people and stuff. Those linemen, they're basically doing leg day seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah, they're insane. I just don't get how they don't burn those calories as much as they work out and stuff. No, they're probably. I mean, I would imagine that they're probably eating way more calories than they're burning off. I mean, yeah, but that has to be so much. Those guys are so fucking strong. They're probably working out nonstop. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I've never really looked into that kind of stuff, but that's pretty crazy. I mean, I would imagine their diets aren't that great. I mean, it. <laughs> Chad Johnson, I mean, he played wide receiver for the Bengals. He said he ate McDonald's three times a day. But yeah, then again, but he was a wide receiver, a so yeah, he yeah. was running and printing it off too. So yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I don't know. You would think that these guys are making millions of dollars. They're probably eating right and stuff like that. But I, you would think so. Yeah, some of them are probably hitting the McDonald's drive-through on the way home from practice every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching. Uh, one of those sounds of the sideline thing, yeah. and uh, it was the Cowboys. And uh, on the billboard, it showed spicy nuggets are back, and Dax in the <laughs> huddle and says, "Oh damn, spicy nuggets back! I'm getting those on the way home." <laughs> and that was the yeah. first time really I thought it's like, why? Like you're rich as hell, I mean, yeah. you can have the you know, nicest food he's ever. Pretty, he's driving home after the Cowboys game, probably in like a Maserati or something <laughs> yeah. through the McDonald's drive-through. I just don't understand that, but I guess you know I'm not rich, so it's like. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I, I, I mean, even if, a chef. even if you were a millionaire, you'd probably still be going to McDonald's every once in a while. It's just weird to think about. Like, I don't go there that much now to begin with, but I don't know. Maybe they just eat so much good food all the time, and it's just nice to eat. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm greasy, sure when, when they yeah, travel and stuff, the food. meals that yeah. they're provided are probably Top generally healthy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
get sidetracked about spicy nuggets here. <laughs> Damn, I could go for some right now. Oh, yeah, they're good stuff. Yeah. All right. So Lamar Jackson announced that he had asked the Ravens to trade him on March 2nd. If no one offers a, a trade for him, does he play for Baltimore this year or does he hold out? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, does anybody know the answer to that question? <laughs> Did you hear the report, too, that the NFL sent out that no one's supposed to be talking to his representative? What does that mean? Uh, so he has like a representative, he calls yeah, it. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But they're not officially licensed as like an agent or anything. Oh, okay. So yeah. the NFL sent out an email or whatever to all 32 teams telling them not to talk to this guy because he's <laughs> That's kind of weird, though, because a player doesn't need an agent, but right. you can talk to the player and he's not licensed. Well, yeah. So they're, unless he gets an agent, he's the only one allowed to do like negotiations for himself sounds like a pyramid scheme or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah with the with the agents and stuff yeah it's like that's stupid like you should if you want your dad to be your fucking agent you should be able to you know what i mean i, uh, you, I thought that was dumb you, you can but he's got to probably got to have like an agent like i don't know what yeah. the, the whole yeah. deal is like what they have to go through to get officially accredited as a, an agent but I would imagine no matter who you want as your agent, even if it is your dad, your brother, whatever, but you probably still have to have them get licensed or whatever. Yeah. Now I've seen on uh, ESPN, they said uh, Lamar Jackson, even swap for Trey Lance would be one of their top uh, trades. Be kind of weird. So from what I understand, Lamar hasn't actually signed the franchise tag yet. So the right. Ravens can still trade him straight up and they wouldn't have to give, you know, whoever wouldn't have to give up the two first round picks unless he signs that franchise tender. And then I think at this point I wouldn't want him to sign it. <laughs> and because nobody's obviously nobody's giving you for two first rounds for him. There's barely anybody even interested, it seems. So yeah. um, maybe. You can, you I mean, just, do you, just, but if you're Baltimore, I mean, I don't think Lamar is going to play for them this year. I think he's made it pretty clear that he's done with the Ravens. But I think from Baltimore's standpoint, like if he doesn't sign the franchise tag, like who else do you have? You're not going to stick with Tyler Huntley for an entire year, are you? I mean, they did most of the year last year. Well, I mean, because of injury. I mean, if, <laughs> but if if this would have happened last year, I just think there's too too bad of blood to go back to him. It's like there's a whole thing we've seen with Jack, uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets. You went back to him, and you ended up just, you know, it's like, oh man, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have went back to him. Yeah, you know what I mean, so you know what I mean. I I just don't think there's any positive outcome for either side if he plays again for the Ravens. Yeah, and I think that this past season kind of tainted his rep- Lamar's reputation as far as like. Uh, teams wanting to trade for him because of, you know, not that, and I I don't want to say this negatively because I don't know Lamar Jackson personally, but it felt like he kind of, you know, took the whole injury thing at the end of the season as a joke where he he possibly might've been able to come back and just decided he didn't want to. Um, But I mean, and then the whole him not having an agent thing is kind of hurting him as well. So, I mean, it's tough when you're trying to negotiate for yourself and you don't have any representation and you don't really know what you're doing because I'm sure you and I, if we were in the same situation, we wouldn't know how to properly negotiate with a multi-billion dollar NFL franchise. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know why he's so against agent and having an agent, but uh, it's just a weird situation. I just think he's, 
I don't know. I just don't like him. I'll be completely honest. I just, I've never liked him. Uh, I just think he's egotistical and he's just, he just doesn't ever seem to stop being all about himself and, uh, you know what I mean? Put anything else in front of that, which I don't think he should, you know, when it comes to the contract and everything, but stop acting like they, gave you a complete bullshit contract and didn't want to try to keep you and stuff. It's just, I don't know. He just plays victim too much. I, and I can't stand it. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think other than that year he won MVP. I don't think he's really anything to write home about. I mean, he could probably still have success somewhere and take a team to the playoff, but I don't necessarily think that Lamar Jackson is ever going to be a guy that's going to take a team to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, and especially I mean, if you he signed, can, but he's going to be a running back. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I mean, I just, I just don't see it happening for Lamar, just because of what we've seen play from him. Even the year he won MVP, they got knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. Even though because all he does is run. Yeah, even though it was literally a handoff designed run. You know what I mean? Like every play yeah. is disgusting to watch. Yeah, I, and we could go all day about this, you know, scrambling quarterback thing. But, I mean, I just don't see Lamar having success unless he would go to a team like San Francisco where, you know, their defense is so good he could just do not the bare minimum, but he could do less than he needed to and still win games. Yeah. So I don't we'll know. see. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he could take a team to a Super Bowl, but – I think really anybody can. It just depends on the team around you and your coaching staff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks, you know what I mean, go to Super Bowls that have no business being there. So I think that's been proven time after time. But uh, as far as his skill set and stuff, I don't think he adds much value to a team. than other. And I'm not being a smart ass other than being a running back. And I think that's what teams are looking at. Like, like we've talked about before, um, Jalen Hurts, he has potential with actually passing the ball. Um, he seems to put in an effort at getting better at that. And then um, Justin Fields, he's another one. He, he looks like he already has a little bit better of an arm than Lamar with the limited, like literally limited receiving clip he had. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time talking about my dislikes on the way Lamar's handled this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, we're not going to get too, too in depth here with it, but I mean, I don't see Lamar, like you said, I think that relationship tainted. So I don't really necessarily see Lamar coming back, but you know, then at the same time, I don't necessarily see a team, you know, pouncing at the opportunity to trade for him or sign him either. So I think, Worst or best case scenario, I think we see him hold out this year and then possibly still get traded somewhere, you know, where they don't have to give up too much for him next offseason. Yeah. I mean, if you hold out, you don't get paid. True. But, you know, <laughs> is, do you think he's going to be the type of guy, though, that would rather get paid than, you know, he's already pretty much said he doesn't want to play for Baltimore anymore. So do you think he swallows his pride and plays for them, or do you think he takes his year off? I don't think he has an option. I don't think he has an option. He really has to get lucky and have a team be interested, and then the Ravens make it right and trade him to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. All right, I want to do one topic quickly here before we get into the state of the franchises. Um, the league voted Tuesday to allow all players other than offensive linemen and defensive linemen to wear the number zero. The This proposal also allows kickers and punters to use any jersey number zero to 49 and then 90 to 99. So essentially it's going to be like college. The kickers and punters can wear the higher numbers and then they're allowing – other players besides linemen to wear number zero. I don't like the number zero on a, on a jersey in any sport. I think it looks like either. I think it's a stupid. I think we're too worried about dumb shit when we should be worried more about the officiating in general. Yeah, and I know uh, the uh, Calvin Ridley already said he's wearing going to wear zero this year for the Jaguars. And I don't know if was Michael Parsons joking around on Twitter when. I guess he's going to wear it too. That's what he was saying. Yeah, I, I, I just, joke or not, but I, I hope it's a joke because, like I said, I hate it. I think it looks ugly on a jersey. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could honestly, I could care less about that kind of shit. I don't know why people are so obsessed with that. I, and I that's no really, and I that's really like the only thing that they really voted on so far. Which, <laughs> that's stupid. And I think yeah, it is stupid. That's but, what I'm worried about. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that they voted and turned down to have roughing the passer reviewed as an official review. Docker. Yeah, it's just. What well, is there no better process for like league rule voting and stuff like that than because <laughs> we know we know some of these owners in this league, they are not capable or fit to make these decisions. Right. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It's just. It's and as an owner, you're making a decision based on what you think is an advantage for your team the most. You know what I mean? So yeah, I if mean, you're if you're one of those teams that get, uh, um, well, the jersey one, jersey numbers. I don't, I don't know where the fuck. I don't know why they care about that or what that benefits or what the disadvantage of that is. But um, like if you were uh, like Josh Allen's never going to get a rough in the passer. You know what I mean? Right, so, yeah. obviously, if I'm the Bill's owner, I'm going to be like, why aren't we reviewing roughing the passer? Yeah. And then, um, you know, somebody like uh, Tom Brady, you know what I mean? If Ta- Tom Brady was here, you know, then he would be against it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's got to be a better process because – That's what I mean, yeah. Like, you're just some billionaire who decides, oh, I want to buy an NFL team, and now you get to make decisions on how the game is played. Is. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I don't know. We could go all day about this, but I just think like maybe the players' association or their or their union or somebody, something like that, should be able to to vote on these rules instead of. You I think know, it should be the people paying the bills, huh? <laughs> yeah, they could do a fucking a national poll and whether or not we uh, want the players to at least zero. take it into consideration, like uh, like our the presidential voting and stuff, <laughs> like uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that that would that's not a bad idea. You know I, mean? I think that that would be too much of a hassle, though. Because look, not to get into politics, but look at the last presidential election. How long did it take for <laughs> them to decide who actually won? It was months. Well, look how long it takes to get a rule change. Years. That's true, I guess. Yeah, we had rough. Uh, we had uh, what was it? Pa- uh, reviewable pass interference calls. How many years did team certify that Sean Payton cries about it for thirty seconds after the playoffs? And all of a sudden, he gets it, and then the last <laughs> one year, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's got to be a better way to do it, but uh, I'm sure the NFL will never take it into consideration. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I mean, NFL has a huge grip on it. Um, they pretty much probably decide what's going to be voted on and what's not. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a weird process that they have, but it's the way that they've done things for how long now. So I don't think it's ever going to change. Probably the entire time in the league. You know, yeah. I'd imagine it, it's always been the same. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So let's get into our state of the franchises segment here. Like we have been doing right. every week. The first team that we're going to get into is the Carolina Panthers. Now, they don't actually have this number nine draft pick. They traded up to the Bears, and the Bears are in the slot now, but we're just going to go in order of the original draft before any trades happen. So the Carolina Panthers are next in this segment. Um, As far as offensive stats, we're going to go over here. Um, Offensive-wise, they were 19th in the league in points per game with 20.4 and as an average. Uh, yards per game, they were 29th in the league, so they were almost last at 306.2 yards a game. Third down conversion percentage, they were 31.68%, which was 30th in the league. Fourth down conversion percentage, they were 57.14, which was number seven. And then their red zone scoring percentage was uh, 12th in the league at 56.52. Um, and then the rushing yards per game, they were actually 10th in the league, surprisingly, after getting rid of Christian McCaffrey with 130 yards a game. And then their passing yards per game was 29th in the league at 176.2. So, I mean, and I'm shocked even after getting rid of Christian McCaffrey that they were able to still be top 10 in the league in rushing yards per game. Um, yeah. But as far as defense, you know, how did they do this year in defense? Oh, they did wonderful. Um, <laughs> they were 22nd overall. Um <clears throat> on uh, uh, opponent yards per game. As far as passing defense, they were ranked 22nd as well um, with 227 yards allowed per game. And rushing was their better better of the two, and they were ranked 18th, allowing 122 yards of rushing per game. And then um, opponent red, red zone scoring percentage, 56%, 56%, and opponent completion percentage is 66%. So um, they weren't very good in the passing game. So they weren't wor- they weren't the worst, but they're definitely not the, the average. So yeah. that's where they stand on defense. Yeah, I mean, and as far as, you know, players coming back, they really don't have any, you know, standouts. Um, right. def- defensive back J.C. Horn, who was a good guy for them, and then linebacker Shaq Thompson are really the only two worth mentioning coming back next year. I mean, I know they went out and they signed uh, Miles Sanders, the former Eagles running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, they did trade up for the number one overall pick in the draft here. So, you know, more likely than not of what we've heard, what we've seen rumors, uh, they're going to get their franchise quarterback with the number one overall pick. So I don't know this is definitely a year that they're going to be rebuilding um, you know, and it might be, you know, going to next year as well. So I don't see them, even with the way that this NFC South is, as bad as it is, you know, I don't see them doing any better than maybe third place. Mm. Yeah. Um, NFC South, Tom Brady's gone. 
Uh, Atlanta, who the hell knows? <laughs> Saints. Uh, we're about talking about the next. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a toss-up. That's that's a piss-poor division. Yeah. You know, now that Breeze is gone, and it's just that's been a downward slope. And Carolina. I mean, there's Tower. I don't know. It's just hard to say. Well, Carolina so, is stacking though, but yeah, how so, good is it really? Just to to show you guys how bad the NFC South is. I mean, we're uh, still gonna we're talking about the Saints next, which is you know top ten pick, and we've already discussed going to be discussing three out of the four NFC South teams <laughs> in the top. It's a 10. very terrible, yeah, very terrible so, division. I mean, the. It's gonna tough to say who's gonna win that division, but I definitely see the the Panthers being towards the bottom of that. Even because you know they're gonna have you know a rookie quarterback come in. Not to say C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever they decide to take, isn't gonna do be successful. But I don't I don't see them winning the division and going to the playoffs with him this year. I mean, like I said, definitely it's gonna be a rebuilding process for them. Okay, so the next team coming up here is going to be the New Orleans Saints. Um, And they don't have their first-round pick either. The Philadelphia Eagles have that claim. Um, So neither one of the teams that we're talking about tonight have their first-round picks, but the New Orleans Saints would be next in that draft order had there not been any trades or anything. Um, That was a lava, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the Saints, as far as offense goes – Points per game, they were 22nd in the league with 19.4. Their yards per game, they were thirty or 333.8, which was 18th in the league. Third down conversion percentage, they were 15th in the league at 40%. Fourth down conversion, they were 30th in the league at 36.36%. Red zone scoring percentage, they were 21st in the league at 52%. And then their rushing yards per game, they were 19th in the league at 116.6. And then passing yards per game, they were 16th in the league at 217.2. So they weren't really anything to write home about on offense. I mean, they didn't really have anybody other than Alvin Kamara. They had a kind of a Andy shitty Dalton. quarterback. They had kind of a shitty quarterback situation this year. <laughs> uh, you know, between him, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Um, Red Rifle. Yeah. So, I mean, the, their offense didn't do too great this year. Uh, but defensively. Winston was hurt, right? He was and then, and then and then they decided to keep the red rifle in. I guess. Yeah, and then they decided to keep Dalton because he did better than Winston. So, yeah. Um, but as far as defense defense goes, uh, you know, how did they do this past year? Yeah, that was actually their strong suit. Surprisingly, yeah. um, this is probably the first team we've gone over that actually has a decent decent uh, uh, crew on one side of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, might come to shock to some, but they're actually ranked fifth um, um, in defense of putting yards per game. They're passing yards per game. They're ranked second um, behind Philadelphia at 140, 184 uh, yards per game. And their not so good defensive side was a uh, rushing yards per game. We had 130. They're ranked 24th. And then um, let's see. Their red zone scoring was at 50%, and their opponent completion percentage was at 60%, so not too bad. Um, yeah, definitely not the best at rush defense, but their pass defense was pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I mean, this was a team that you kind of looked at and said, what happened? Because they had the talent there other than maybe yeah. the quarterback position. I mean, they got guys, you know, guys coming back like, you know, defensive back Marshawn Lattimore, who was, you know, pretty good for them this past year. Uh, they've always had that, you know, that edge rusher in Cam Jordan, who's been pretty solid for them ever since he got there uh, a few years ago. Uh, but then on the offensive side of the ball, they got, you know, offensive tackles Trevor Penning and Ryan Ramzik coming back, and then wide receiver Michael Thomas, who we hope can still be a, a key piece of that offense for them, but who knows? I thought he retired. No, he's he's coming back, you know. He's gonna, no, I was just joking, but he really he, should retire. He's going to be running those slants for them all year. So Derek Carr can <laughs> hit him across the middle. Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, um, man. I, I don't know how I feel about this team yet because – I don't. I don't feel I mean, for it. Do you, would Would you agree or disagree that they upgraded at the quarterback position, though? Because if you From, look, at, there are three different quarterbacks last year. Well, uh, wait, so is Taysom Hill still, still there? He's, yeah. I forget what you said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so how long until he <laughs> takes over QB one? <laughs> that's just that's just compare uh, Andy Dalton and Derek Carr because Andy Dalton was basically their starting quarterback last year. So do you right. think you think? I mean, I do. Think, I do. I do. Yeah. Even though, if you line up statistic wise, <laughs> Andy Dalton and Derek Carr look about the same. Yeah, uh, is that true? Did you just yeah. make that up, or is that no, true? No, no. Okay, they're they're like neck and neck as far as you know most of the major yeah. passing I statistics go. I haven't looked at that, but you know, just from what we've both watched them for how long now, most people have. Um, I th- you know, I hate to say this, but we've never seen anything special at out of Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. Um, he then well, he went I, to Dallas. He never made, made the playoffs. Yeah, they did a couple of times in Cincinnati. Okay, I'm sorry. Never won a playoff game. They never won uh, a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then he goes to Dallas and he, he's not terrible. He probably has the worst pocket pocket presence I've ever seen out of the quarterback. And that's just, <laughs> yeah, that's his downfall. No, he's, I'm serious. It's yeah. so bad to watch him, especially yeah. when he's on your team. Uh, and I think that's his downfall. I've seen the same thing at Saints. So that's going to be their biggest uh, upgrade to me is Derek Carr has a little bit better of a pocket presence yeah. than Andy Dalton. I don't understand why he just just get down or get rid of the ball. And it's like I'm screaming at the TV. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like every third down. Come on, bro. You know they're going to blitz. They're showing blitz, and he just stands there like he doesn't ever see it's coming. It's just – Oh my yeah. god, it's so bad to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I mean I agree. I think they definitely upgraded a bit at the quarterback position. I mean it's not a yeah. drastic change. Um but I think with Derek Carr being around the offense that he's gonna be coming into with, you know, Alvin Kamara and now they signed Jamal Williams from the Lions. Um so that's gonna be a good one two punch in the backfield I for love them. That. And then if Michael Thomas can get back to where he was, you know, before all these injuries, um, you know, I think they can have a pretty good, pretty good offense there. Because you know, they like I said, their tackles, Ramzik and Panning, you know, they're two of the better ones in the league. So he's got protection on the outside. So I mean, really, the only key piece I would say that that offense is, is missing would be a, a solid tight end. But other than that, I mean. There's no reason Derek Carr shouldn't have success. And like you said, their defense wasn't really that bad last year, so he's coming into a better defensive situation than he was with the Raiders as well. So 
uh, there's really no reason this this team should shouldn't be successful. Yeah, uh, I think Carolina surprisingly, since they're loading up and they uh, we'll see where they go with quarterback. Um, I think they'll actually win the division. I think it's just going to be a tight race, though. And for I mean, look at it. Last year it was Tampa Bay won eight and nine, and yeah. the rest of the teams were seven and ten. So I think it's almost going to be a repeat on just a shitty division, and Carolina somehow pulls it off because I don't know eye shadow chokes, but <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I think. Do you I think, think he stops with the eyeshadow because he left the Raiders and just like fit in? Is it he with really the wearing eyeshadow? I have no idea, but it sure looks like it. I don't know. Maybe he just got like dark eyelashes or something. I don't know. But uh, sure, it looks like. I hope he leaves it in just because. Just because of the situation with every other team in this division, I can see the Saints winning this division. I mean, there's really, other than the Saints, there's like no other team I can see winning this division, just because of the talent that they got in New Orleans. Um. But, I don't um, see him doing anything anymore without Breeze and uh, what's his name coaching Peyton, uh, Sean, Peyton, Peyton. Sean Payton. I just it I just can't believe I'm saying it, but I think Drew Breeze held that team together. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I like Drew Breeze. I wasn't I, his biggest fan, um, but because it was just kind of boring to watch at, at times. He did dare, air it out when he aired it yeah. out. It was fun to watch. Uh, he did, you know, yeah, five thousand yard games every every year or seasons every year yeah but yeah i think it was the combination of him and sean payton that really helped that team together but yeah i mean i don't know somebody's got to win this nfc south (laughs) and (laughs) do they yeah there's it's gonna be there'll probably be a coin toss at the end of the year yeah yeah Yeah. so far down the the tie list yeah but we'll we'll see who who wins it but i i think new orleans is you know, like you said, it could be Carolina. It's either going to be one of those two, Carolina or New Orleans. That's what I think, it. too, yeah. But I yeah. think it's just a toss-up. Um, yeah. It would be awesome to see it come down to a coin toss. I mean, that the odds are <laughs> tremendous, but you know, yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I like it, too, like when it's the last week of the season and there's two divisional teams playing and whoever wins wins the division. I hope the, it comes down to the last week of the season for all four somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoever scores the most points wins. <laughs> Oh, that man. would be great. Yeah, would. Oh, uh, what do they do? What if they do an NFC bounce back where it all of a sudden it's like a beast division? <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's oh, like shell shocked. I mean, we've seen weirder things happening, but I don't see that. I think happening. that would be the weirdest, <laughs> considering yeah. that pretty much yeah. any of those teams don't really have much of talent. Like, but how how shook would we be if just out of dumb luck the Saints won the Super Bowl this year with their car? No way, no. <laughs> I would. You'd I probably would stop watching it. football. <laughs> I probably would definitely rig that. <laughs> no way yeah. that team winning. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right, fellas, folks, that's going to do it for us here on another edition of Late Hit. This is episode number twenty. So we've been at it for quite a few months now. Thank you, guys. Weeks for, too long. Yeah. Thank you, guys, for tuning in and listening <laughs> to us bullshit you every week. Um, but we are going to get back at the state of the franchises next week with the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. We're starting to get a little bit better here with the records and whatnot. Uh, in the next coming weeks, we'll start talking about playoff teams. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're going to get back into that next week. With the Titans and, 
Yeah, with the Titans and the Browns next week, we'll get back into that, and then we'll bring you guys some hot-button issues that happens in the next coming weeks. But thank you guys for joining in with us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are at Late Hit PFR. Matt is at Matt PFR, and I am at T underscore Luddy. And then follow us on Twitter. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and give us your comments, your likes, your follows, your subscriptions. We'll take it all. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. We need more feedback. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Um, yep. If you guys can, you know, give us a shout out or whatever, we'll we'll shout out back. But we would really like uh, some feedback on what you'd like to hear, or any suggestions or whatnot. But thank you guys for listening.